Faith, Hope and Love, episode 183, the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Our church's liturgical year is swiftly coming to an end. We have a three-year cycle of readings which we hear from the three Gospels in depth, and this year that's coming to an end is the year of Luke's Gospel, Year C. It's been a wonderful journey. Next year's Gospel will primarily be Matthew's Gospel. Each of the Gospels have their own special focus. In Luke's Gospel, we hear some of the most beloved parables, some of which are not featured in the other Gospels. Oh, and if you're wondering why there's a three-year cycle and not four years to represent the four Gospels, it's because John's Gospel is so significant, especially for special times in the year, that it features heavily within all three years, as well as augmenting the Gospels such as Mark, which are shorter than the others. So we get a wonderful large selection of texts from all of the Gospels over the three years. This weekend is another excellent and thought-provoking parable, the proud Pharisee and the humble tax collector. What matters most to God is what is within, what is in our hearts and in our minds, and how that flows out consistently into justice, kindness, compassion and loving actions. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Love, it is patient, the greatest gift in all creation, a gift that's lighter than the words of you. Not resentful, but gaining joy in truth. For faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest one is love. Let hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Turn to the Lord and his strength, constantly seek his face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy and peace to everyone on this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, as we gather for this time of praise and worship. My brothers and sisters, trusting in God's mercy and love, let us call to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, you have revealed yourself as the way to the Father. Lord, have mercy. You have poured out on your people the Spirit of truth. Christ, have mercy. You are the Good Shepherd, leading us to eternal life. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good We praise you, we bless you, we adore you. 
sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, increase our faith, hope and charity and make us love what you command so that we may merit what you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Sirach. Chapter 35, verses 15 to 17 and 20 to 22. The Lord is the judge, and with him there is no partiality. He will not show partiality to the poor, but he will listen to the prayer of one who is wronged. The Lord will not ignore the supplication of the orphan or widow when she pours out her complaint. The person whose service is pleasing to the Lord will be accepted, and their prayer will reach to the clouds. The prayer of the humble pierces the clouds, and it will not rest until it reaches its goal. It will not desist until the Most High responds and does justice for the righteous and executes judgment. Indeed, the Lord will not delay. The Word of the Lord The Lord hears the cry of the poor. I will bless the Lord at all times, His praise always on my lips. In the Lord my soul shall make its boast, The humble shall hear and be glad. The Lord turns his face against the wicked to destroy their remembrance from the earth. They call and the Lord hears and rescues them in all their distress. The Lord is close to the broken-hearted. Those whose spirit is crushed he will save. The Lord ransoms the souls of his servants. Those who hide in him shall not be condemned. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Chapter 4, verses 6 to 8 and 16 to 18. Beloved, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. 
At my first defence, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. God was in Christ to reconcile the world to himself, and the good news of reconciliation he has entrusted to us. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord The parables of our Lord combine together to build an extraordinary and very beautiful picture of God's view of the world and of God's people. The parables of Jesus collected together in Luke's Gospel, which we've been listening to throughout this year, create a clear picture of the kingdom. For example, the parable of the prodigal son, or the two sons who act like slaves and forget their beloved sons of the father. And even last weekend's Gospel of the unjust judge, who does the right thing but for the wrong motives. The unjust judge didn't care about God or the poor widow, but only did the right thing because he was sick of being annoyed and wanted to get the widow out of his hair. And of course, today's parable, where the person who does everything right according to God's law, is still offside with God because of his lack of charity and his lack of humility of heart. The person labelled a sinner is found to be at rights with God because he's humble and repentant and knows his utter dependence on God's mercy and grace. I'm deeply struck by the earlier parable of the prodigal son's older brother. He too had done everything right 
and worked very hard in his father's property, very diligently, but he's in the wrong because he's acting more like a slave and not like the beloved son that he truly is. He works begrudgingly, without love in his heart, and is resentful and judgmental. He's lost concern and love for his brother. It takes a slave working for his father to try and explain the realities. Your father had to celebrate because he got his son back, safe and sound. You know you're in trouble when you don't get something and the hired workers do. Same with the Pharisee in today's Gospel. He does all the right things, but with the wrong spirit, without the spirit of love, and not being an eager shareholder in the family of God, but rather just a resentful and judgmental slave who goes through the motions of faithfulness, but is quite unloving in heart. Today's Gospel is about true inner humility, and also refraining from judging others. The Pharisee in the Gospel seemed to be a righteous and upright man, who outwardly did everything that God's law required, but inside his heart and mind, we discover, was filled with pride, conceit, judgmentalism, even hatred. His actions were loveless and uncharitable. He looked down on his neighbour, who outwardly didn't appear to be as righteous as the Pharisee seemed to be. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to anyone, except to God who can see all things, the tax collector's mind and heart were actually more close to God. He's penitent and humble. He knew his place. He recognises his absolute need for God's grace and mercy and that he doesn't deserve or merit God's love and that God gave this grace and mercy out of love, just as a loving parent does, and that all of us, depend on God's generous love and mercy. It is true, God does want us to be faithful co-workers for the kingdom, and eager, compassionate, loving ones at that. Of course God wants us to do the right things and avoid doing wrong, but first and foremost, choosing the wrong path is terribly bad for us, and God is concerned that God only wants what's good for us. As important as doing good is, it's just as vital how we do that good and how we avoid the bad. The love with which we do this is an essential factor in the kingdom. This gospel brings to mind the life of Saint Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. Her famous little way was built on just these principles of the gospel today. It turns out that actually Therese always focused primarily on why and how one does things they do. She also was very well aware, as St. Paul wrote so beautifully, that it's possible to do great acts of bravery, sacrifice and good, but for the wrong motive and without love in one's heart. Therese knew that a person can do a kindness to someone, but do it not out of love, but rather from pride or superiority. The action itself might be good, but it does not foster love within the person, nor strengthen unity between God and ourselves. Such acts do no good whatsoever, as St. Paul puts it so famously in his letter to the Corinthians. 
Also, a person can do something that can be mistakenly interpreted to be selfish or hurtful, but where that person's inner intention and object was quite the opposite and was actually done with great love and out of concern for the good of others to build up love between God and ourselves. St. Therese gives an example of a time when her superior asked her and another nun, which of you two would like to go and open the door to let in the man delivering the Christmas tree? Therese, who was filled with love and concern, believed that her fellow nun would have loved to do this, so Therese herself rose from her seat slower than the other and slowly untied her apron and put her hand up slower than the other sister. Her superior, mistaking Therese's motivation of heart for selfishness, singled out Therese in front of everyone and said, Aha! So Therese didn't want to go and do the hard work. So she responded slower. No glory for you then. Everyone assumed that she had acted selfishly. But actually, unknown to anyone, her inner motivation was not that at all. Her actions, or others' judgments on those actions, did not reveal the true motivation of a very loving heart. That's very revealing of the inner workings of the heart that is attached to God. On top of this, and in the spirit of today's Gospel, Therese also determined never to try and justify or explain herself if she found herself wrongly judged for she felt it would be her pride that would be trying to prove that she was not acting selfishly. Ironically, Therese would not even have shared this example to anyone in her writings, except her mother superior ordered her, under her vow of religious obedience, to write down her life and her insights as an act of absolute generosity for others. The head nun rightly judged that those secret insights from Therese would be enormously inspiring and helpful to so many souls. So Therese's sharing of these insights of her inner heart was itself a sacrifice which might have made her look like she was self-promoting, but again it was done with love and obedience. So Therese showed that she had a healthy caution when it came to judging merely external actions. They can be ambiguous. Outward appearance can be quite misleading. Therese also developed a healthy ambivalence to both receiving compliments and also receiving criticism or negative judgments from others. Her previous experience had taught her that the judgments of others as to the state of her heart, or anyone else's heart for that matter, were quite unreliable to say the least. Only God truly and fully knows the human heart and its motives. There's a little example that Therese cites which I just love. One day she was walking along and a nun said to her as she walked, My, my, you're putting on weight. That's not God's will for us. Therese nodded respectfully and kept walking. Then Therese, on the same walk, met another nun as she was walking along this corridor, and the older nun said to her, My goodness, child, you're so thin. Dear me, you're wasting away. You're like a skeleton. God wouldn't want you to be skin and bones. Two completely opposite judgments within seconds of each other, based on incorrect assumptions about external appearances. And to both contradictory judgments, Therese did not try to explain or justify. She gently and lovingly nodded and continued on her way. 
Incidents like these underline to Therese that she ought never rely on others' opinions and judgments in order to get a sense of her self-worth. Because our self-worth really comes from our identity as an infinitely loved child of God, not by our own merits and virtues or what other people think of our hearts or motives, whether good or bad. Therese also believed strongly in the scripture passage, judge not and you shall not be judged. Imagine three people looking at a person. Imagine that one of the three is God and the other two are ordinary people. One person might point to the subject and say, I see a saint. And the other might say, well, I clearly see a sinner. Meanwhile, let us note how God answers in an entirely different way, coming from a completely different mindset and perspective. God says, I see in front of me my dear child, for whom I only want what is good and whom I love utterly. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We have heard the psalmist say, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So we present our prayers to God who is in our midst. For the Church that it may always be a strong voice for solving pressing problems in society. Lord, hear us. For all people in authority, that they will be given wisdom and a positive spirit to work unselfishly for the good of all. Lord, hear us. For prisoners, that the Lord will be with them. Lord, hear us. For all who are suffering injustice or lack of respect for their human dignity, that the Lord will inspire people to give them the dignity they deserve. Lord, hear us. For our local community, that the Lord will be among us and inspire us to be witnesses to his all-embracing love and compassion. Lord, hear us. For all who are ill and those who care for them. Lord, hear us. For all the dead that they may enjoy the fullness of joy in God's presence, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Healing God, turn your ear to our prayers, that we may see how close you are to the brokenhearted, 
We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Look, we pray, O Lord, on the offerings we make to your majesty, that whatever is done by us in your service may be directed above all to your glory. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by his birth he brought renewal to humanity's fallen state, and by his suffering cancelled out our sins. By his rising from the dead he has opened the way to eternal life, and by ascending to you, O Father, he has unlocked the gates of heaven. And so with the company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise as without end we acclaim Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching we dare to say Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. We will ring out our joy at your saving help and exult in the name of our God. Let us pray. May your sacraments, O Lord, we pray, perfect in us what lies within them, that what we now celebrate in signs we may one day possess in truth. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you everyone for your company as we have given thanks and praise to our God. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended.
Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Prayers and chants are from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and Revised 2009, National Council of Churches of Christ in USA. The Psalms, a new translation, copyright 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, from Robert Borg, Together We Pray, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, Australia, 1993. Mass in honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, composed and sung by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring the Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love theme, in memory of William John Kelly, Words inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly, 1996. Updated lyrics by Paul William Kelly and Stephen Kelk, with vocals and arrangement by Stephen Kelk, 2019. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you.